0: What's the good word? Frankly speaking, real talk back at it again in 2023 simulation on it already semi douche triple. I mean, what else is there to say? Just about one month in and the shenanigans are in peak form. Now, make no mistake about it. Let me reiterate, this is not a political podcast. Still, the snark and shade filled Film and pop culture podcast. And it has been, you know. But I'm going to talk about what's going on in the semi because that's what I do. And ladies and gentlemen, I've said it before, I'll say it again, we're doing it wrong. First of all, the gunplay in this country is too much. California had two mass shootings. And it's business as usual. We're already done talking about it because we've become so accustomed to it. It's obviously a flaw in the design. And it's like... No matter how much violence rips apart our communities, from you know the gang violence in inner cities to suburban shopping centers and you know places of worship, it just doesn't matter. Meanwhile, our police are out here just committing murders, just whole murders. Said it before. I'll say it again. Responsibilities inherent in being a police officer mean they should. He held at a higher standard, not a lower one. They say all cops aren't bad. Well, get rid of the bad apples because some of them are every bit as bad as the gangs. We need to come to grips with this and not stop talking about it until something changes. Black Twitter, use your powers for good. You know I love black Twitter, but i'm saying it, it's it's enough with the shenanigans we gotta we gotta make real change can't be out here arguing about meg the stallion's body count look it up if you don't know that was a thing and out here literally defending the knucklehead rapper that was convicted with the help of an awful defense team i don't know where he got them from but they were terrible you know but still he was out here drunkenly shooting at the ground and yelling dance like this is some old head western he hits her in the foot he shot her what are we talking about why are we talking about this why are we making things more difficult than it needs to be it's just gross all of it is gross and now you know about to go back to the black twitter court of opinions that don't matter in the court of law but you know may have real life implications i don't know if you're familiar with young thug but young thugger is facing serious charges that his rap crew is actually a violent syndicated police unit. I mean, syndicated crime gang, sorry. Freudian slip. Um, and then on the other hand, another rapper, Gunner. Don't know if you know Gunner. Well, Gunner got the scarlet letters that line up to spell snitch on him. So he's in the crosshairs of potential serious violence. This stuff is wild. It's slimy out here. And I mean, we don't pay attention. This cycle of things in the semi-douche-triple, I can already tell, you know. Perfect example, Dana White. So Dana White slaps his wife up on New Year's Eve in public on video at a nightclub. Didn't break a sweat before profiting off men and women Slapping each other into concussion protocol. Have you seen these slap fights? It's incredible. Meanwhile, no charges for Dana White. No boycotts for Dana White. No cancellation. No Willard Smith treatment. Elongated discussions of domestic violence. Cries that he should go to jail for committing assault in a public place. No talk about violence is not acceptable in any form. His last name being White is White on the Nose. On the flip side, that white privilege uh, wasn't enough of a cloak to hide Alec Baldwin from his sins. You know, you may recall or may not recall that he shot and killed a cinematographer on the set of some B-movie a few years back. But what you may not have heard is that he did catch charges for involuntary manslaughter, which makes sense considering he shot and killed someone. But who wanted to talk about that. We were still recovering from the Southwest Airlines ruining our holidays, which they definitely did. And trying to hang on to our resolutions to work out more and stay dry in January. Good luck to all y'alls who managed to do it one more day. One more day. But seriously, I'm just saying it's incredible the way the media picks and chooses how to cover this simulation. I mean, case in point. Need to throw all the politicians as well as the media that covers them all in the trash. It's 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 out of here. Republican Party is as semi-sim-sim as it gets. They fumbled the bag last election cycle, running out all manner of mostly unelectable creeps and weirdos. Somehow they found one of the weirdest creeps to run out there who won, even though his entire existence seems to be a whole ass lie. They sending him to D.C., Even though his own hood is like, yo, whose mans is this? No, we don't want him. We don't co-sign him. And I mean, who cares if he lied about graduating college or where he worked or if he's gay or if he's black or if he's Hispanic or if he's Jewish or even if his name is his name? Because if he's a Republican, Republicans in the National Party, they going to support him. And I mean, of course they are, because. These clowns unloaded the clown car of creeps and weirdos to hold their leader's leadership at gunpoint unless he agreed to let the creeps and weirdos run the party as unseriously as possible. You know, lots of emphasis on the Hunter Biden laptop still. Of course, the Democrats said you want unserious and somehow made a more unserious, unnecessary, scandalous remix. They out had unnecessarily doing remakes like like the new house party movie the new night court joints which particularly cruel gift from the semi to yours truly I love the original night court loved the original house party do not love the democratic party doing dumb stuff because after dragging donald trump for having a trove of classified files at his mar-a-lago home turns out joe biden had a couple mixed in with his various old Wall Street Journals and Sports Illustrated and vintage Playboys at his crib in Delaware. What? And then the semi said, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. (laughs) Mike Pence out of nowhere like me too, hiding the classified files. What are we doing? Why are the classified files leaving classified areas? What are we doing? It's too early in the semi-douche triple for this madness. What in the Urethra Franklin is going on? Ask TikTok. Because TikTok is, hey, powering the semi, I swear. So girls bouncing in the walls headfirst trying to slide down mattress steps and weirdos making detergent washing machine and toilet detergent fetish videos. Doja Cat drenched in blood colored diamonds scaring one of the Kardashian spinoffs who's Walking around with the James Earl Jones coming to America lion head on the side of her neck. And we got ring camera ghosts and vulvic alien shaped clouds and Waffle House fights. Oh, my. It's just wild out here. And for a while on one scary Monday night in January, there was a palpable fear that we might even see a football player die on the field. Goodness gracious. Luckily, thanks to modern science, incredible first responders on the scene and those oft-mocked thoughts and prayers, the young brother pulled through. And you love to see it because it proves that if we put our hearts and minds to it, good things can happen. We don't have to accept bad politicians, killer police never-ending cycle of destructive gun violence. It will be a road to recovery, just like that young man, but it can happen. On the other hand, if we don't use our brains and constantly act heartlessly, well, Chinese are going to use TikTok to brainwash us and destroy our children's minds while those Boston Dynamic robots flip the switch to world domination. I'm saying, stay woke. Catch you on the flip, on the movie too. Here we go again. Finally. Happy double, double, triple day, two, three, two, three, and happy Black History Month. Somehow the last pod was after Thanksgiving, which ironically gave really strong Black History Month vibes. Check that one out if you haven't. But also, doesn't Thanksgiving feel like it was six months ago, not a little more than two? Holiday season moved in warp speed, and I mean didn't even really slow down a beat when january hit where does the time go i swear but in those two plus months i saw a crazy number of movies which is not a surprise because for one movie added obviously been established but also because the winter holiday season is probably the craziest of all the movie seasons you get all those big mega blockbusters that they drop around holiday season families are together you get all the oscar bait and then you get dumptuary when january hits you know the, the bargain basement aisle of stuff like missing and house party remake we definitely didn't need And avatar and tar and megan becoming a star but This year kind of hit different for me, though, because Charlotte finally got an indie theater. So in years past, when I was scratching and clawing to see the Oscar hopefuls this year, the independent picture house IPH, shout out to y'all, had one deck along with a whole bunch of foreign fun movies and movies that should have been Oscar nominated. So I was at the movies, you know, on my cheese and charcuterie movie palette early and often rocking the familiar like tar elegantly dry and sumptuous drama for oscar season with a bold performance by the great Kate blanchett that oozes with butter and brown sugar ham while steadfast and strong and solid as oak throughout revolving around the elitist world of symphony everything from the music to the camera work is full of golden hues the tone reverberates between loud metallic brass and Soft floral strings. And while the climax of the film is super dry and potently acidic, with almost stone cold concrete notes in keeping with both the film and main character's tone throughout, there's a warmth that surprisingly settles in with the last sip. Like that, don't you? <laughs> Banshees of Anishrin also getting nominated for an Oscar, is a wonderfully complex, subtle, and balanced film. On the nose, it's soft with crisp, bright, comic notes and a down-home sweetness to it, almost like warm apples and brown sugar, but it turns much sharper and super dry on the palate and an almost cold metallic sort of way the layered performers managed to hit all manner of notes from Brandon Gridleason and Barry Keegan's gravelly and barnyard earthy performances to the intricate floral notes of a wonderful Carrie Condon and of course the honey and straw dim sweetness of Colin Farrell that is the center of the body. Ultimately the film finishes off with this range of notes with a bold smokiness that slowly simmers well after you finish this uniquely bottled film. I I could go on and on. Women talking. Amazingly complex. Incredibly well crafted. With strong notes of bright red rage. Soft, delicate floral notes of empathy. Ruggedly metallic and gravelly on the tip of the tongue. But also deeply warm vanilla and honey as it washes down the palate. To an almost upliftingly wonderful, satisfying finish. EO? Anybody see EO? EO? Yeah. Hit on the nose with. Barnyard and Regret probably shouldn't have gone to see a movie about a donkey that can't talk Not even in subtitles Going through pretty much a nightmarish journey For a quick side note I tried to imagine that donkey was Eddie Murphy's donkey And do like an internal dialogue with Eddie Murphy And then it just got super dark and stopped But yeah, I mean the movie was grass and straw and wood and manure notes all over and some unidentifiable, viable notes on the finish leaves an aftertaste, flavors like broken glass, rusty steel bolts, animal blood, poison berries just a rude concoction. Likewise, the whale anchored by strong, elegant, crisp acting notes through and through, but the movie was just too gross like drinking a wine glass full of ranch. <laughs> Personally. I referred, or should I say preferred, a couple movies that got no Oscar love whatsoever. The menu, which was better than at least half of the best picture nominees, with its flavorful and almost bitter but fruit-filled, deep dark crimson blood soaked humor and in intensity. An All around viscous movie with a whole lot of bodies. I mean body. Decision to leave got robbed. Definitely should have been nominated for at least Best International Film. Korean banger took the cop infatuated with the femme fatale to new places with its super earthy, shifting citrus bite and salty, acidic finish. I'm saying. <laughs> White Noise, on the other hand, it probably thought it was going to get some Oscar love. And again, saw that independent picture house with my familiar steez. But you kind of had to step off the letter of prestige into the world of netflix for this one and instead of a nice bottle it was more like boxed wine tastes funny at first once you get used to it, it comes oddly enjoyable you just can't shake that weird aftertaste and next thing you know you finished it and got a trashy buzz and a headache Mm-mm-mm. she said similarly didn't get any prestige love either probably because it was like Watching other people blind taste fine wines and describing to you with that vocabulary you're not quite familiar with. You know, the arid climate, proximity to saline heavy seas, and the limestone filled soil that can bat scorpions, create grapes that don't harbor any flavor restraint when it comes to reflecting the growth environment. It was good though. But for real, shout out to Independent Picture House, IPH, all the indie films, even ones that definitely didn't work for me. Like A24's Eternal Daughter with Tilda Swinton being Weird Times 2. I think it was supposed to be scary, but it was just kind of cold and foggy. Likewise, Nanny, mm -mm, no, enjoyed aggravating me doing the thing where a bunch of movies are released trying to traffic in cultural and supernatural horror bootlegging the get-out success like they did in the 90s with Pulp Fiction knockoff. Stop. Y'all are not Jordan Peele, and the movies are just exhausting. I know this one got some Sundance love, but I'm tired of women unraveling and falling off mental cliffs. I'm tired of scary movies that don't scare me, they just make me mad. And they make so many of them. Barbarian, Black Foam, Smile, rink. Man, had high expectations for that one and left looking like a fool with my pants on the ground. 90 minutes of utter nonsense. And the voice of the child talking like this. Where are you, daddy? Ugh, ugh, ugh. I mean, some of these movies, they need more camp. That's the thing. Like, X and Pearl, they weren't great. I actually preferred X to Pearl. But they were entertaining and didn't pretend to be deep, you know. I could have used a little bit more of that... In, in a lot of movie going with horror movies, you know, it can be scary, but a little campy. Megan, which is a convo for a different pod, got kneecapped by its PG-13 rating. But also, it just didn't delve enough into the camp and the violence. Whereas, holiday season, Violent Night went all in on the R-rated shenanigans. That's, that's the type of camp I'm talking about, you know. I didn't expect Hammered Santa Claus thrust into a holiday heist and cracking skulls with the sledgehammer like Gallagher. But man, it went all the way in on the gimmick. Lots of camp, lots of violence, lots of fun in a world where, you know, satire and parody yeah, is kind of tough because you got anti-vaxxers fake shaking on TikTok. now. <laughs> That's funny. Like, yo, I'm saying it's kind of easier to make uh, a action movie or horror movie that's kind of funny than it is to just go full out on comedy or satire parody as Confess Fletch which I saw but I don't remember and lasted maybe two days in theaters meanwhile Glass Onion kind of went into the camp this time wrote it and even though I prefer my mysteries heavier on the drama than the comedy it should have been in theaters I'm saying it played like a real movie when I saw it in theaters. And I think, you know, having people laughing and gasping and stuff like that, it it, it just works. I kind of wish that Netflix had dropped you people in theaters because, you know, even though it's not a great movie, it's a funny movie and it's, you know, we're light on comedies and it'd be nice to have some type of movies that people want to watch in theaters and laugh together. But anyway, Netflix... I'm saying y'all don't even make good movies like that, but still just between releasing these movies strictly on your platform, which I know you're trying to do because you're trying to get more people to pay for it. And now you're taking away the shared passwords and stuff like that. It ain't it. It ain't it. But that's a different conversation for a previous podcast. I'm saying, but back to movies, though, I need these movies to to kind of simmer down a little bit need the movie gods to cut a deal with the music gods and r.i.p all these biopics instead of the artists that they're based off of you know please and thank you because i'm saying the the whitney houston movie you can't capture the effortless singing prowess or one-of-a-kind charisma bomb that was whitney houston the greatest hits biopic formula it's just too predictable for me you know you 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 even starting with the title you know you either take a greatest hit straight out of compton what's love got to do with it la bamba walk the line respect bohemian rap and one and one or you do the name of the artist ray selena bird buddy holly amadeus elvis which let me say something about elvis real quick we really out here ignoring that elvis was a pill-popping pedophile not some dreamy fantasy musical wonder kind but we're going to drag Whitney Houston's dirty laundry all through the film and I'm saying I'm low-key and salty but they felt the need to add Whitney Houston to the original title I want to dance with somebody as if people don't know who made that world famous banger of a song absolute bop and needed to tell us Hollywood be bugging and speaking of Hollywood bugging yo the three hour and change runtimes are getting out of hand absolutely disrespectful Babylon, for instance, yo, no, did not need three hours of Babylon. You made your point. I, no, better yet. I don't know what the point of the movie was, so it didn't need three hours to not make its point. I'm saying it definitely could have left the pooping elephant and the projectile vomit and, and and the snake nonsense scene. And especially the black fella playing jazz and blackface, which actually happened. It's, stop. Stop at the three hours. Likewise, Big Jim, Avatar 2, Nori Under the Sea. Three hours and change. Look, wasn't a terrible movie, even though I'd be lying if I said I cared about could even name one of the hissing, jumping nine feet tall blue people. But I'm just shocked that people are propelling this movie to all time top box office success. Yes, the movie looks like a million bucks. But it's a food stamp EBT storyline and three hours and change of it. Plus, we getting three more sequels. Man, I just don't understand how this is such a critical and financial success. Plus, three hours of sensory overload in a Dolby Digital 3D IMAX. Man, nah, nah. How y'all doing it? And honestly, word to my homegirl Libby, Libby B., we gotta bring back intermissions if we're gonna keep it to two hours and 45 minutes and the two hours and 51 minutes and the three hours and the three hours and fifteen minutes. I'm saying. Man, I know Big Jim was excited to swing his big technical dingaling, but why are y'all encouraging him? Three more sequels? Stop. Having said that, why is everybody gonna see that and nobody's gonna see the Steven Spielberg origin story? I took forever myself. And I mean, like so many other Spielberg movies, you know, that I reluctantly watch, whether it's Catch Me If You Can or Ready Player One. Took me years to even watch Jaws, Lincoln, West Side Story, War of the Worlds, Bridgesties. I don't know why I do that to Spielberg, because every time I do, I'm blown away. I'm saying it's just his craftsmanship and the movie making magic of one of the greatest to ever do it if not the greatest Spielberg man he's a absolute true master and it's wild that a kajillion people are watching big gems boring blue people and haven't even heard of the incredible Spielberg coming of age origin story I'm saying just a wonderful movie was it the best movie of the year (sighs) honestly it might be but we'll talk about that later. For now, that's what's real. On the solo dolo tip, glad to be back. Shout out to 2023 2323, two, three. the double, double, triple. Happy Black History Month. And this year, please, y'all, remember embrace grace and show respect to one another as well as ourselves. We're all floating on this big, beautiful, crazy space rock together in this strange simulation it's wild out here but let's be good to each other that's my word frankly speaking style of course peace